right. So let's talk about transformational habits. Boom. Transformational habits. What are they? Some people think of them as habits that produce transformation. And I think, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> it's, it's that. Thank you, Webster. Wow, you're going to go for a, like a way but, more elaborate. <laughs> that's we're keeping got. the cookies on the bottom shelf, as and you say, Jim. So scene. that's what we're trying to do. Uh, the transformational habits are those, but they're not like magic. It's not like it, uh, you do it and instant transformation takes place. They're more like... What? No. Yes, I know. I'm sorry to disappoint you all. Oh, all right. There are other programs that sell that kind of thing for 19.99. Uh, but these are things that we do that eventually produce change in our lives because they work against what our types tend to tell us is important or we should be doing. I want to talk about them in terms of two sort of large categories and then through the centers. So the two large categories, I think, that are important for all of us as humans is the area of self-care and the area of also what it is it that we're putting out there into the world, our contributions. So self-care and our unique contribution, mm. right? So mm. we have to be doing those things. They're both meant to, to be held in tension. Like self-care is, oh yeah, I've put myself too much out there. I'm tired. I need to rest. I need to recover. I need to do things that actually feed me, that inspire me, that keep me creative, that keep me uh, healthy. That's critically important. But if we focus too much on that, then we'll get bored because there's nothing that we're putting out into the world. Or we'll create problems oh, because totally. we need something we need something to be wrong. We need something to fix. Yeah. And so we create more internal things to fix into Oh, that's on. a really good point. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I think that's a type specific thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. That's probably true. <laughs> um, so but then there's the you know, your contribution, your light to put out into the world. Like I don't think if you I think if we don't have that thing, we're not gonna reach significance. And that's something that's a human need. Yeah. We Every last one of us, once you get past that little survival kind of modality, you know, if you're in that place where it's like, life is a disaster right now, I need to just survive, then significance doesn't really surface as an important uh, need. But it does once that part of it has been met, you know, you've got your finances, you know, you've, you're, you're eating, you've got a roof over your head. And so I think both of those things are very important in our lives. And then what I do is I take those two and then I think, what are the transformational habits for those two that fit across all three centers? So, for example, in self-care, am I doing stuff that's self-care for my head, also for my emotions, and in my body? Um, and then in the contribution that's mine to put out into the world. Am I putting stuff out into the world that is three-centered? Like, am I, is my heart, am I wholehearted? I love how Brene Brown talks about, like, wholehearted living. Like, you're putting everything, your whole self, into that thing. And so, um, let's talk about that. Self-care. Let's start with self-care. What are some transformational habits that you have for, let's start with, start with a body. Well, I think for me and my self-care journey... It didn't really click for me until I learned how to take care of myself. And I say it that way because we hear all these things that you should do for your body, mm. um, whether it's a certain type of diet or a certain type of meditation or exercise, et cetera. I was trying a lot of them, and they weren't clicking. So until I took the time to really get to know me and my own—it's um, all three centers. But until I got to understand what it meant to take care of myself, none of the interventions really helped. 
So that would be my first thing that in and of itself is an intervention or a transformational habit. It's really good. Which is get to know how to to take care of yourself. Yes. 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 And a couple of things that came up for me when I did that was simple things like, you know, we hear low-sodium diets are good. And in general, I eat pretty relatively healthy. And it turns out I was not getting enough sodium. (laughs) Wow. Right? And so you're supposed to have a mix of sodium, potassium, and I've already forgotten the third thing. Otherwise, your adrenals will go into overdrive. And so I started putting salt in my water. Hmm. Huge difference. And you're thinking, well, how is that a transformational habit? It is. It's the littlest thing that once I heard that this is likely something happening for me within two days— I felt a level of anxiety go down. <laughs> and yet, if you wow. told someone else to put salt in their water, their whole you know, being would go in the complete opposite direction. Right. And so if you're taking advice on what to take from a supplement standpoint or a food intake or whatever, like, great. Listen, hear that, try it, but don't do it unless it's the right thing for you. So I think you're saying so, something so very important because for those who are not oriented towards, like, say, the body or self-preservation. Yeah. Anything that has to do with that can be viewed as, ah, psh, let's move on to the really important things. Sure. Mm. Um, that have to do with, like, your heart and your head, the way you think about things. Mm-hmm. Like, but a good nap sometimes cures almost anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, like, sometimes you, you, or a bad night's sleep, if you haven't had slept well in a week and suddenly you have a fantastic night's sleep, all everything changes for you. Yeah. Sleep right? is on my list. Yeah. And, you know, and as a hard charger, I used to sacrifice sleep first. Mm-hmm. And as a parent with young kids, you have no choice but to sacrifice sleep. Yeah. And people would say to me, hey, you just need to prioritize sleep. And I'd say, you're crazy. How am I supposed to do that? And it wasn't until I, you know, I had no choice but to prioritize sleep and and turn off the computer and, and go to bed at a reasonable hour. Mm. Um, so spot on sleep, definitely. I would say there are certain non-starters. If you're not getting enough sleep and if you've got some nutrients that you could address, I don't think you can get to the heart and head stuff. Mm. Yeah. Or it gets conf- or it gets mixed in there. It's sure. like we're trying to solve this problem that we're yes. dealing with. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're and it's using like the wrong you're just tool. you know and you know this because you have you know with your kids, right? I, yeah. It's the same thing I see with AJ. If he's more of a kind of homebody, he yeah. likes to be at home. That's his recharge time. If he's been out too much, he starts to fall apart a little mm-hmm. bit, right? And so like the cure isn't like you need to work on your head and heart. You know, we need to right. think about. It's like no, you just need rest. You just yeah, need to pull exactly. away from everybody. No, it's true. Yeah. And in the way I because you're right, I. My body would be the last thing that I would try to address because I just felt like I could push through pretty much anything. When I get to the point where I'm like, you know, I'm feeling anxious, but my thoughts are actually in a good spot. Because most of the time I'll go to my thoughts and say, <clears throat> what am I thinking and how do I shift the thoughts, et cetera, et cetera. Do I need to sit and journal, which I'm not very good at. <laughs> and it wasn't until I said, hey, something else is going on physiologically with me mm. that I need to address. And that's that's when I started looking at supplements and, you know, sodium, et cetera. So for me, some of the transform- transformational habits on the body really are at a fundamental level. Am I getting enough sleep, enough water, enough of the nutrients that my body needs? I, I don't know if that applies yeah. to everybody else or not. So, yeah, but different for- what are some things you've had to say no to from um, a standpoint of the, like the body? Like. What ways have you, because that's the other part of it. It's yeah. like self care is, is like, yeah, I've got to do some things, but there's also like some other things you have to say, oh, I can't, I can't eat that. <laughs> or I can't. Oh, totally. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. wine. 
<laughs> yeah, it's you tough. know, it is. Yeah. And as you get older, so um, yeah, I mean, saying no to to foods that don't serve sugar for me, big thing. I know I'm signing up for a world of hurt if I have too much sugar, <laughs> um, whether it's disrupted sleep or you know the next day just feeling really separate, separated from myself. That's hard. Mm. I can't really describe it. Not everybody has that reaction. I I know I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. When I have too much sugar, I have the same feeling the next day. Yeah, ruined sleep. Yep. Ruined sleep and that dis- it's like a disembodied feeling. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes, yeah, and it's harder for me sometimes to say no to things than yes. Oh, I'll take another glass of oh, water. Gosh. Yeah. You want me to say no to that cupcake for someone's oh, birthday? Yeah. So, um, but I think you're spot on in bringing up the idea of self-care is also avoiding things. Yeah, especially where like you bring up sugar. It's a straight up area of addiction for me, like sugar is. And I'm starting to notice it more and more. Like I was at this event and, you know, they bring out, they bring out these sugar cookies that I really like and I see them bring them out. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to have one. But I, what I noticed was I'm talking to people, but I keep looking at the at stack. The I keep looking <laughs> at the stack. I'm just like, this is Eat so, <laughs> I know. And it's so weird because I was at, I was working with all these people who are sober and, you know, I'm like, I don't really relate to the alcohol thing. It's never been a thing for me. Um, the only time I really, the thing that appeals to me about alcohol is the sugar. Sure. Like it's such a straight up, like this is a problem. And if I have it, especially in a certain quantity at a certain time of day or night, sleep is ruined. I'm fuzzier the next day. I'm less emotionally compliant. I'm more depressed the next day. Um, all of those things are, mm-hmm. are, I start to notice and I'm like, this sucks because yeah. I want this. And especially when I find myself like when I was in a relatively depressed kind of place, I'd find myself like sneaking it or even, yeah. Oh God. Oh, yeah. It's just so. Sometimes it's even more. Oh God. I oh, can so totally bad. relate to Cookie Monster. Huh? <laughs> it's just right? so bad. <laughs> yeah. But that, that is one that is, um, I think transformational habit is not just what kind of food you need to have avoid but what does my body love yeah like what is it that i actually eat this and i just feel amazing because that is not the same for everyone right and it's so often it we're handed this like cookie cutter diet Mm -hmm. but then i've realized that certain people have these allergic reactions their physiology for whatever reason just processes things different and so when i look at this as a transformational habit i go what is the food that my body loves? And sometimes it, I have to break things down to a simple place. And I remember hearing this nutritionist talk on NPR. And I've never been able to keep up with nutritionist stuff. It, like my mind just doesn't like process the information the same. But how he put this was perfect. And this person asked him, he said, what should we eat? And he said, food. <laughs> okay, what shouldn't we eat? Food-like substances. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's a transformational habit for mm-hmm. me. I can start to put that in place. But I'm glad we started with the body because I often think that we skip on, and a lot of times people think about transformational habits in the heart or in the head. Right. But I think we actually have to start talking about the body because you had a body first. And often if the body isn't right, the other things aren't working as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, and there's one more arena in the body that I want to mention that okay. I would expect we'll get crickets on the other side of this, other side of the mics. But where a woman is in her cycle is a big deal for self care. Yeah. I totally relate. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. 
I was going to like. My wife thinks I, I have a cycle. <laughs> well, men do. It's just not the 28 months, 28 months, 28 days that women do. Oh, mine yeah. happens every week. So. It's actually probably daily. I think yeah. I do. I did hear this. I am not the expert on this, that men's hormonal shifts happen in a 24-hour period. And for women, it's 28 days. I don't know. Let's go research that. <sighs> but let, But the whole idea is that I wasn't brought up being taught about the days between yeah. my cycle and what would happen in the shifts in hormones. Like it just, yeah. you didn't talk about it. Yeah. And it is a real, there's a real effect on, on women. Sure. And mm-hmm. so if we think we can do the same thing every single day and have the same result, we're kidding ourselves. Right. Mm. And until I realized, and I am not <clears throat> at all an expert on, you know, the cycle, but I am, I am on my own, but it didn't come until I started paying attention because when... Yeah. When life was busy and I was on autopilot, I didn't have anything from the neck down. I didn't pay attention to my body. I wasn't checking how much sleep I had. I wasn't, you know, aware of where I was in my cycle. And I blamed everything on what I ate or what was happening around me. And I wasn't doing what I needed to do for where I was in the natural order of things. Yeah. And so my biggest call out for women would be learn about what happens to you each week because there's every week in the cycle you're just you're different. Your body's mm. different, your hormones are different. And there are certain weeks where you can conquer the world and there's other weeks where you need to take a different approach. That doesn't mean you stop doing what you need to do, right. but you fill in the blanks differently. Yeah. Well, I think you I thank you so much for bringing that up. I mean, I think it's so important you bring up that perspective for a couple of reasons. One is because that's real and that's happening. The second thing is it relates to all of us in the sense that every one of us has moments where we're just irritable. Yeah. And we don't know why we're irritable. And the first thing that we'll think about oftentimes is our immediate environment. That's the cause of my irritability. Mm -hmm. And it may not be. It may be what you're describing or it may be uh, salt. My wife describes about me, like you're, you know, I think you're having your cycle. It's like that happens sometimes because of something. um, I fell off my own eating habits, my own good eating habits. I'm not sleeping right. Um, Other factors could be playing. I'm thinking about my son who's, you know, in the next year or two is going to start having that thing that uh, young men go through with and young women go through with a flooding of the brain with all kinds of, you know, hormones and just preparing myself like these are not going to be rational conversations. These aren't going to be conversations around like, well, you need to do this, do that, do the other. It'll have to include, hey, this is real. You're going through stuff that is making you feel a certain way. And that's also the way we are as humans. So oh, yeah. We have the, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah. And, and the food and the sleep and all of that stuff affects the hormone levels. And yeah. it's all intertwined. Like this is the thing that I think it's so important to start with the body because these are so intertwined with each other. And it's not crickets for me. I don't know why a couple of weeks ago I had like four clients in the same week and we were having discussions around menopause because like that yeah. does radically change the physiological system and that's going to impact the way you experience your life. And yes. which is why like, is this a go day? Is this a grace day? Like sometimes mm-hmm. you're like, let's go. Like yep. I'm going to do stuff. And then sometimes it's grace and a pull back and allow for peace and for healing. And sometimes it's like, all right, I let myself say now, like, I don't want to take on the world today. 
Mm. It's just something sometimes I whisper to myself when I get up in the morning because sometimes I just like start writing like crazy. Um, like Sunday morning, I wrote like two hours. I drew an entirely Enneagram emotional chart, the emotional wheel that based on the Enneagram with, and I was like, this is really good. This is helpful. And I was just charged up. And then some mornings I wake up and I'm like, I don't want to take on the world today. Yeah. So is this a care day where I'm caring more for the body? Or is this a like, hey, is it a conquer day? And sometimes mm-hmm. I need that. I need a care day. Sometimes I need a conquer day. And all of those kind of belong. And can we bring that down to the micro? Can it be a moment? Yeah, right? And That's now, true. Like sometimes it's a care hour. A, yeah, right. 24 hours is a long time. Like well, if, paying attention to the rhythms. I mean, throughout the day, yeah. your body goes through all sorts of... Mm-hmm. I never paid attention to this stuff. Yeah. And now I do. It's like, oh, oh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling particularly low right now. Oh, that's interesting. It's you know, it's an energy low. Yeah. So get up and go for a walk or get up and stretch or do something like that that sometimes works. And that's some of the things I'm discovering is there's some habits that work for me in terms of not getting rid of it, but in appropriately responding to what what is happening in the moment. And so things like that are, I think, exercise, like having proper exercise. And I know now what I do that I can either go way too extreme. And for me, I know I have, I can't go beyond a certain point and, you know, I play racquetball as that's my sport and I love it and I can play, but if I go beyond a certain point, like beyond two hours, it has detrimental effect on my body. Mm. But I never paid attention to that for years. But you want to keep going past the two hours. I want to go past two (laughs) hours. I want to go to three easily. You know, I love that. (laughs) And if someone says one more game, I never say no. (laughs) So... <clears throat> I've had to learn to say, mm, I got to go. That's yeah. got to be better than one more cookie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't if know. Had to choose. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes Some days I, I feel know. like having a cookie. But no, it's That's just right. that, you know, I now know like little things that I'm paying attention to that I didn't pay attention to before because everything else hijacked that. Yeah. The, head and, the head hijacked the heart, the body and just like, go for it. Do this. Yeah. Um, and then not doing any activity has just as much of a negative effect. If I don't do enough, if I didn't play enough, if I didn't work out enough that week, I can feel it too. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, there's a sweet spot for sure. And I would particularly like a formula. <laughs> <laughs> External. Some, something that's given to you or yeah, something. Well, you... something that if you were to, to do this and this and yeah. this and this, you'll have all the self-care you need. Gotcha. And, yeah, yeah. And I've needed to, because if I did everything on my list every day, there'd be no time for anything else. Right. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. letting go of like, I need to exercise every day. I need to work out every, or I need to right. meditate every day. Like, no, maybe I need to do some combination of these dozen things. Yeah. And I can go with the one that is coming up for me that day. Mm-hmm. Yes. So back to yeah. what Jim said, because I think this is the single most important piece. Yeah. For me anyways, has been, and I think it is, I'm going to make this as a, I think it is for everybody, is that you tune into what it is your body needs. Yeah. And the formula, I get that, but there's, is that you who said? I said that. I thought Jim said that. No, that was, no. <laughs> Everything gets attributed I, I love to Jim. Taking, I, I, I love taking credit. <laughs> I'm teasing I swear, I thought I heard him say it. I turned to him he when he said it. after I said it. Ah, <laughs> yeah. I was just the last person to say it, and so that's why you <laughs> Oh, uh, so what was the brilliant thing this I said is, again? It was the thing that Suzanne said. <laughs> Suzanne's brilliance. Let's talk about that for a moment. Okay, please. Oh, yeah, well, yes. Let's talk about that. Oh, just teasing. Um, awesome. That is, that is excellent because that's the part that I think we, um, 
it's so much easier to follow someone else's and something yeah. something else that you know uh, a nutritionist might say you know you shouldn't eat that much that much meat and i've heard people say this oh so many times don't yeah. eat shouldn't have get off of beef get off of these other and I can tell you that I've listened, I've tried all these diets. I tried one without any meat, and I did that for a while, and I realized my energy was low. Yeah. When I went back to eating a certain amount of meat, my energy bounced back. Yeah. And I found my body feeling overall much better. So I think it, it's, if there's anything you take away from this, is like try to figure out, and it's difficult to push against the external messages. But do the thing that you know works because you can see it has positive effect on your body, on yeah. your mind, on your heart. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fascinating. I don't understand some of it. But, like, Abby's pretty in tune with her body. And for some reason, she needs turmeric. She, like, takes yeah. turmeric pills. I'm like, I have no idea why. And so I'm like, some people just have a thing that they they know that they need and that they – or they discover they need. They mm-hmm. discover they need to – avoid because it drops their energy level and that's a thing that you're just trying to continually be in tune and i think if anything when it comes to transformational habits is just to be in tune it's so funny when i first learned about the enneagram and i'm like oh i'm a body type i have a body intelligence but what i realized is i'm so disconnected because i just expected my body to show up for me and then i realized why am i so tired when i'm i've run out of caffeine and anger like, then I'm exhausted. Yeah, yeah. And what is the things that actually give my body that make it feel good? Uh, and I've, I think I've talked about this before, but, like, I struggled so much of my life with exercise because people were like, you know, get to the gym. And I would go and I'd sort of suffer through it and it kind of annoyed me. But <laughs> the thing I realize is when it comes to exercise, there's two things I really hate. I hate being indoors and I hate being around people. <laughs> well, that's funny. So it really I ruins the gym. <laughs> it really ruins going to the gym. But outside in nature, like I always thought I hated running. But when I learned about like cold exposure and I'm like running in eight degree weather, like shirtless through the woods in January in Boston, I'm like, this feels amazing. And a lot of people will not relate no, to that. No, not, not over Not here. relate to that. <laughs> and I get it. But it, that's the whole thing about being in tune. Yeah. I know I need movement and beauty. Like, that's the thing is so much of, like, I'm inspired to move my body more when I'm in a beautiful place. So I love swimming in the ocean. And I, I didn't feel great when I woke up this morning. And then I was going to, like, go to the beach by myself and, like, run. And I was like, my knees don't feel great today. What, what would be good? And Vera wakes up, and I was like, can we just go swim? She's like, yeah, let's go. So we went over to the ocean, and we just swam for an hour. Yeah. And it was great. And I it lifted my mood. It made me feel better. Um, I know for me, like, healing things are salt water tears and sweat. I know salt water salt water is a cure for so many things for me, whether it be the tears, the sweat or the salt of the sea. It's all going to be healing for me. And I know it's somewhere that I can put my body. And it's one of the big ones next to sleep. It's not just the activity, it's the environment. Mm. That is so crucial for me when it comes to the exercise, the moving of the body. It's not just the activity. It's the environment. Yeah. And what I hear in your story is that you stopped doing what you thought you should do and started doing what you Mm. wanted to. Yeah. 
And it will look different from person to person. I started doing what was fun. Yeah. I started to do what I love. And when I talk to groups about this, transformational habits, the ones that will actually be the most transformational are the ones that are the most enjoyable because you don't have a problem returning to them. Well, they're the ones you're going to do. Yeah. You'll actually show up and do it. Right. I didn't show up to the gym. Hence hence the hatred. But like this, it's been great for me. Mm. So remember when we said this would be a quick episode? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not so but much. But that's the body. Let's in- we only have body. covered one, yeah, one aspect. So let's talk about the, let's move to the heart. Mm. Talk about self-care when it comes to our emotions. And therein lies the episode. <laughs> <laughs> we should do a second episode on that, right? No, I'm just saying, like, I don't, I, as a heart type, I don't know that I have a good answer here. Okay. So I'm so curious let me start and see, see what you say. No, about. no, oh, no. I, no. I'm going to ask. I'll go you first guys on this. Start. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go first on this because it's taken the most um, learning for me. Because as a body type, I'm most disconnected from my heart, mm. and so it's required the greatest amount of intentionality. But I'll say it in, in two reasons. One of the ones that actually came naturally, and I think it came through the social instinct. One of the most transformational things in my life has been community. Mm. Community is sanity for me. And when I get lost, a lot of times I'm lost in the heart space because I'm not as connected and tuned into those emotions. <laughs> and I found that through community, through close friendships, I'm able to access them in a way that I'm not otherwise able to access them. There's a drawing out that happens in relationship. And I think of the heart space, I think of relational space. I think of being in tune with the relationship. I think of sitting with my dear friend, Jim, uh, also named Jim, Jim Trick. And I was talking about this place that I was stuck in. And he has this ability, he's a four, and he has this ability to pull something out of your heart. Oh. And I'm like crying in this coffee shop. And I was like, I did not sign up for this. <laughs> and I'm feeling all this shame and resistance. And like, I don't want to be feeling this. But it was a breakthrough. Yeah. It was total breakthrough in the heart space. But it happens a lot of times in community. That that, I would say, is one of the top ways that I access my heart. Because it always comes as a surprise. Yeah. So I, all of a sudden, there's access to emotion I didn't know that I had, and it happens often through relationship. Mm. That's awesome. Community definitely helps, but community isn't the direct access for me. I feel like what I have to do is have conversations with people where where we go a bit deeper, where I hear the pain of their lives, and mm. as I hear what they're struggling with, it. You know, at my best, I stay present to that. At my worst, I, I try to avoid it. But the discipline of saying, this is a moment for me to engage in, in connection with somebody where their their experience then touches my heart and wakes it up. Because that's also my uh, neglected center. And it's not going to wake up by me just saying, okay, wake up heart. You know, mm-hmm. let's talk. Right. I can do that a little bit more now because I've grown in that aspect. So I can sit with my heart and say, what are you feeling? And now I can call those up. But it works much more effectively when I'm listening to somebody else. It wakes things up within me. So that's been a huge help. Um, And then also, so for me, I, I actually think about tears. Like if I don't cry, reg not regularly doesn't mean like every day. 
Sure. For me, it means far less than that. It means once a year, you know, once a year twice a year. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> halfway through, have we hit that once? <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, uh, Are we due? What's happening? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm halfway through the year. I haven't cried yet. So <laughs> oh, okay. I'm right. due for one. Um, but uh, no, for me, it's going to be like once, you know, once a week at least. You yeah. know, if I don't do it once a week, you know, I've, I've stretched it to like two weeks without anything. Then I start to lose the sense of me and the sense of self. Mm. I get really into my head, and I don't like who I am in that space. And it's usually that's the feeling is like, I don't like this. I don't like who I am. But when I'm in my heart, there's a, there's a settling. There's a restfulness. There's a, I feel more centered and more connected to people. So that's helpful to me. There's a discipline also of what I don't do. Um, okay. Well, let me add one more of what I do is that I've started to watch what I watch. So, like, yes. pay attention to so the movies huge. and the, you know, so I've got to see if I'm going to do a series now, it cannot be the kind of series that is sort of superficial or dealing or just all vengeful stuff and yeah. no real good storyline that draws at the heart. I want mm. something to pull me, pull at me. I hated that. I've hated that stuff all my life. I don't want to have any tears or crying in any movie or any series I see. Now I've I've moved towards, no, I want to be drawn. I want to be pulled out. I want to be inspired. And inspiration for me happens more in the heart center than it does in the head. Sure. Mm. So what I've removed from my diet has been quite a bit. I don't. I used right. to listen to sports radio. I don't listen to any of it at all anymore because of what I notice it does to my own heart. Huh. Now, other people can, and that's fine, but it turns me into a negative, kind of sarcastic, and like I, I just have a bad huh. attitude uh, because a lot of sports talk tends towards negativity, tends towards you know that kind of space. At least that's what I'm picking up. Others yeah. may yeah. not pick that up. So again, this is not like what I'm saying is what works for me, not what works and for other people. And it's much more headspace. The talk radio it is that's true um ted lasso is the cure for that just saying oh man I've lo- i love that it's the cure absolutely <laughs> um but then also like social media limiting uh, my exposure to social media because of how dark that place is hmm. and uh or it can be you know so um so choosing not to get engaged in stuff that has so i, I do very little on that front anymore yeah. Yeah. um and I don't miss any of it. I don't miss the the social media much. I mean, I do go there. I do post stuff. But then also, in terms of I don't miss the movies I used to watch, the series I used to watch. or yeah. So um, that's been very helpful to me to keep my heart clean, I guess. Or So, um, yeah. How yeah. about you? Well, I've got a couple of things I'll bring up. And then I'm I'm fascinated by what I'm seeing is our instincts at play in these answers. Yeah, you know, for sure. I, I heard, you know, Jim, the social na- the social nature of it. Yeah, so I started with a strength. There's other ones that are not as natural that have been, in, but I wanted to start with what was an easily accessible one in the mm, heart space. That's true. And then I can go for the ones that have been harder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sure. No, your observation's right on. And, yeah, that is and then very yours true. is more one-to-one. What one I'm to about one, to yeah. talk about is I can easily take on other people's emotions when I'm with them. And yeah. so yeah. for me to get in the heart space, I need to be alone. Because otherwise, I'm I'm in your heart space. I'm You're not in my mine. space, exactly. I'm not yeah, mine. yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah, and so it's it's some solitude. Um, it's music. I do mm. it, because I actually need the music to help me feel my emotions, which is so counterintuitive for me as a heart type. No, makes but sense. it like because I have this feeling like if I go there, I'm not going to come back. 
Like, I'm going to stay there. If I let myself get upset about something, I'm not going to know how to, how to come back to, to composure. Yeah. That's a storyline. It's, you know, I'm not saying that that is what happens. And so I tend to, probably as a three, shove the emotions aside versus dealing with them or, you know, talk or whatever. So for me, the transformational habits in the heart space are to spend some time alone and to really think about how did I feel about that? Because um, it's really easy for me to figure out how you felt about it, you in quotes. Um, but what's the what's mine in that space? Hmm. I love that. I actually, thanks for bringing up the music piece. So that's that's also very very much a part of what I've reintroduced because like you, I, uh, you know, yeah, I do resist the emotions and I do see them yeah. as an abyss as well as a seven. And yeah. I think a lot, I mean, most sevens I think would, that I've talked to feel the same way. It's like, yeah. oh, going there is just, I'm not going to get out of that. But one of the things that's been helpful in that habit has been to, um, so you've done 10 minute segments with your meditations and sure. stuff. And yeah. so that's what I advise people and I do it myself. I say 10 minutes. Go 10 minutes into the emotional space. If you're feeling emotion coming up for you, mm -hmm. 10 minutes, you're in charge. Don't ever forget that because otherwise you'll feel like it's in charge of you and it's going to mm -hmm. take over you. So you, you, you're you in charge. Because once you know you're in charge, then you're more willing to allow it to come in. When you feel like it's going to take over you, then you're going to have stronger resistance yes. to it. Yes. So allow it in 10 minutes and then emerge out of that through gratitude and celebration yeah. for, you know a lot of things that are going well in your life yeah. and then move on from there. But, uh, well, I think yeah. those are two habits, gratitude and celebration too, yeah. that yeah. we can call on. Um, yeah, because I, I mean, I see people move through emotions quickly and then I'm stuck with them still for a while. Mm. So I like that idea of not letting it be the one in control. And, you know, there's all this, an emotion lasts 90 seconds. It doesn't last the whole day. You know, so letting yeah. it move through you and breathing through it. We didn't talk about breathing in the body segment, but oh, that's huge! Oh my gosh, that's like that? one of our number one transformational habits is yep. breathing, right? Yeah, I, I have it, I have a serious it. obsession with it. Actually, I just finished the James Nestor book too, and it was so confirming of so many things. But it's funny because actually, the breathing can actually give me more access to my heart space. Breathing is actually one I use for the head because it's it calms down the nervous system for me. Yeah. And so it, it calms out the spin. But while we're still in the heart space and we're talking about the music, that's, I think... Okay, that's you. <laughs> that is me. Like yeah. playing music, yeah. like sitting down at the piano, sitting at the guitar and just playing for a while, it softens me. Mm -hmm. it, I can feel my edges soften as I play, as I sing, as I... Oh, like, I love this song. Why? I don't even know why I love this song. Yeah. I don't even know why it connects to me. But I can sit in this song and actually just be so there. And I found that for me, I like things that are simple. I like songs, not musically simple structurally, but instrumentally. Like, I can name the instrument. The stuff that's like weird sounds going all over the place, it's fun for pop and it's like, but it's disconnected emotionally for me. When I know someone's hands were on the instrument, there's a connectedness to that. Yeah. Um, a friend recently introduced me, which is funny because it's an old album, this old Guster album. But even the drums, he doesn't play with sticks or anything. He only plays all the drums with his hands. So like every single instrument on that album is all very like hands-on. And you can feel that in it. And I and I and there's something that resonates with me. And 
what I'm seeking in the transformational heart space is I am seeking the softening. I am seeking the thing that will open me up to make me more accessible, that allows me to be vulnerable because I know invulnerability is my authority. That is where I am accessible and therefore that is where I access others. So in yes. vulnerability, not uh, invulnerable. Yeah. Right. In vulnerability. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Great, great distinction. Ooh, yes. That's a very important distinction there. Yes. That is where it helps me connect in the heart space with myself and others. Mm. Nice. Some of the greatest for me, a lot of the creativity, this is a piece that we could do a segment that we could do another time, but on creativity and how you generate creativity. Mm. Um, but for me, I generate it through combination of music and then something that I've read, and we'll get into the headspace because that to me is an absolute necessity for me. I have to be reading, even though I don't like the process of it because of what it does for my mind. It generates so much good creativity and juice and my brain loves it. So, um, <clears throat> but music and reading and oftentimes while I'm working on something, um, and I've never done this, this is all brand new for years most of, for most of my life, I've not listened to music. I've just not done it. Which is so, fair because you play drums, you play piano. Yeah, and I don't know why it is that I've, huh. people have asked me. I still don't know why. That'll be something that I'll dig into at some point. But um, but I've resisted listening to music um, for a long time. I've just never li- – if there's something to put on the radio, it'll have to be something educational, something I'm learning. I need to be learning all the time. So. <laughs> um, so then I've been putting out a lot of music, and I found nice. that – Throughout my life, the most creative moments have been when there was a song playing and it's speaking to my heart. And then I start writing out the thoughts that are coming to me and then something comes together and I create that way. The best, that's my best creation comes from that yeah. combination. So. so all you music yeah. makers, keep at it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Well, the creativity is very much a three centers involved, totally balancing kind of a thing. I think it's very hard for it to be holistic when it is your job. Then you almost like need another three t- centers escape. But for those that have it as a as a healthy transformational part of your life, I think it's very three centers embodied. Like there's a physicality to painting or playing an instrument. Um, it does get you in touch with the heart space. It softens. And you do have to like think through it. There's a logic to it. There's a structure to it. There is um, a predictability you're either on pitch or off pitch. It's either the line is right or it's not. Like there is a, yeah. a logical structure. There's a physicality. There's an emotional part of it. And I think that is a very holistic thing to do. Yeah, that's great. Mm. Let's talk about head. Mm. So, yeah, I have to go back to this breathing thing because for me, breathing yes. is a transformational thing in the headspace because I get caught up in a spin. And I'll even – this just happened last night. I wake up in the middle of the night and I – I come out of a dream and my head is spinning and then immediately I wake up and I start to problem solve. And if I go back to what every ancient tradition talks about as a breathing uh, technique, which is like long breath in through the nose, like five seconds in, five seconds out through the nose, in and out, the system calms I do that when I'm falling asleep at night and it puts me out in seconds. Just taking that long, deliberate thing, I'll do it driving in the car and I can feel the spin start to settle because I can spin in the headspace. Oh, sure. I can just, it's anxious. 
Mm-hmm. It's anxiety. It's intensity. It's frustration. It's, oh, my God, what's going to happen? What do I do about this? And changing that rhythm changes something physiologically, but it all, but what it settles for me is the spin. Mm. Yeah. If I've had a, like I mentioned to you guys before that I had a tough conversation last night mm. and I noticed that my body in the morning when I woke up, my body was in an anxious state. Sure. Mm, totally. So, and I could, and, and I, Again, this is all this is all new. I mean, this is ridiculous because for <laughs> the vast majority of my life, I did. this would working. never have ever right. come to my attention. But it's just wonderful because I wake up and I'm like, oh yeah, oh I feel it right here in my belly. Mm-hmm. My my stomach's tight. Oh, where's my? Ooh, yeah, I can feel the energy vibrating. It's like this. I need to move. I need to yeah. run. I need to and um and don't slow me down and don't get in my way and you know kind of thing. <laughs> it's like this is this is all from that call. Like, I wouldn't yeah. have put it together. Like, but that is residual from the night before. Because yeah. yep. it feels like time and space wise, it's not connected, meaning it was a whole night before. Right. <clears throat> and so we do, we, we exactly. forget. But if I yeah. didn't have, if I had a, if I had a fantastic heart to heart moment with someone, right, and I leave that space feeling really calm, I'm not going to have that the next morning. My body's not going to be carrying that. But, that one, yeah, it was. It's, so I breathe, and I, when I breathe, it's it's a reconnection to my body. It feels like because as a head type, that is my disconnection too. It's from the heart and the body, and so it's just like boom, right into my head, and don't even notice that my body's feeling this, you know, carrying this anxiety. So, mm. yeah, breathing has been huge in that area, huge in the space between my st- the stimulus that's happening. And my need, my response, my need to react to something. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's breathing. a three centered intervention too. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. yeah. What have you got for headspace? Oh, you're gonna see me geek out for a minute. But... Oh, let's Go. see. Oh. It. oh, bring it on. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, I like this. All right. Um. So, not surprising. As a three, I'm into productivity. And what? What? <laughs> Why? Efficiency? What? What? And I love technology, mm-hmm. and so I do use a productivity tool that lets me put things that are in my head someplace else mm, yeah. so that I'm not worried about forgetting it. Yes. So that when the time comes back for me to pay attention to it, it's all right there for me. And I spend time on this. I read know. a book on this Did a bunch you? of years back. Yes. Yeah. That's really I mean, cool. It, but Such people would say, like, thing, yeah. I— there will be times where I'll wake up, it might even be a Saturday, and I go spend a half an hour to 45 minutes in my productivity app, and I get it where it needs to be, and then I enjoy the rest of the day. Mm. Or the two days until Monday, or what have you. And so for other people, I've had them be like, why are you working on a Saturday? I'm like, I'm not. I'm doing self-care. It just looks different for me than it does for you so because it is taking things out of my mind and mm. putting it in another place yeah. so that my mind can stop doing the work. Yes. So the book I'd read some years back was based on that theory that if you you don't realize how many unresolved uh, issues are rolling around your mind mm-hmm. that creates ex- additional stress. So you've got your projects that you're working on. But then there's these, your brain is trying to hold on to and remember yes. all these other pieces. Yep. And so it distracts from what you're doing currently and it creates additional stress. And so the suggestion was to put stuff down somewhere. But so the productivity app yeah. sounds like it's And doing there's a that. ton of apps for anybody who really wants to geek out. Um, it's I use Notion 
And yeah. so we can talk about that in another another podcast. <laughs> yeah. but. For me, no, for me, it's it's similar in that I've put stuff down. I have to write it down somewhere. Yeah. Because I love as a head type, I love my ideas. Mm-hmm. And so if I have an idea, my fear is losing it. I've talked to other head types yes. where they feel the same way. It's like, and so you, so you share the same as well. Well, like, but it's a different fear of losing it. Okay. Yeah. It, the the manifestation is different. Sure. But the or the same, but the manif- the motivation is different. Sure. Yeah. 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 Mine is that I don't want to fail. <laughs> <laughs> if I lose it, if I forget it, if I yeah. don't do it, I will let someone down. I will fail. Gotcha. I have a feeling yours is different. No, very different. Yeah. I just preserve yeah. my brilliance. Yeah. <laughs> How did you know, Jim? <laughs> oh, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Exposed. <laughs> See, now that's exposing to me right here. Is that why your face is red? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I've just been exposed here. I'm going to have a vulnerability hangover tomorrow. Or the temperature just keeps coming up because we're in this closed room and the air conditioning turned off so so it's not too loud. I know it's Um, getting hotter. Yeah, so so that's one in the area of the headspace is like taking your thoughts and making sure that whatever, for whatever reason, your motivation is different. But but making sure, Jim, you mentioned spin um, and how that, that... you know, breathing helps through that. Uh, what are some things that that are helpful to your your mind in sort of like a positive way? Yeah. Things you're taking in. Oh man, a huge thing is is not even so much a taking in, but in observing. I think headspace is good when it has this curious observation about itself. And it's a transformational habit to pause and watch the curious observation of the self, to pay attention to the stories I'm telling myself. Oh yeah. And the questions I'm asking myself, because Mm -hmm. otherwise they'll run like the background operating system and I won't even know them and I won't notice how they're affecting my life. Yeah. Mm. And so actually pausing and observing, compassionately observing the stories I'm telling myself and the questions I keep asking myself. And then I write them down. There's something for me very helpful about scratching it across the page with a pencil and just there's like a release that happens as I write those things down or I tr- and I write until I get to like that one question and I notice how it's been spinning in my head. So it's not so much a taking in for me that's the most helpful in the headspace because I can just take in a ton of stuff and it just feels like great. Something else in the toolbox. Mm-hmm. But the operating system is the thing I have to observe in the headspace so I don't get caught in that mm. – in, in whatever, distracted, pulled, <laughs> jerked around. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Like, okay, there's the story. There's the question. Yeah. I think that's great. It, it is. It's very – I like your analogy of the operating system because it's very embedded mm. and we have to bring that forward. Mm-hmm. Um, writing it down is great. I wish I – did that more often, um, but you're spot on that, like, name the thoughts, because the thoughts are creating your feelings. Yeah. And, yeah. I've actually had, in our group coaching sessions, I've had I've started something fairly new, and I'm having people come up with their one-line belief. Mm. Um, what is the one-line belief you have that, that you have held? Positive, negative, life? usually negative. It's usually negative. Yeah. Um, because because there, there was funny because you mentioned that you asked that question that was when I had that there was one who spun it positively 
<laughs> and I like wrote it out as like, oh, my belief is this, this, and I could so see that it was the opposite of what they really yeah. believed in their yeah. type. And I said, so what's the opposite of that? <laughs> and then they went to the like the opposite, the actual, which was the real driver yes. behind that, yeah. right? Um, and I said, both are important. You have to have the positive for sure, but yeah. but you have to begin with what's the truth? What do I yeah. really believe about you know myself and others? So the one line belief statement there is. Uh, can be mm. very helpful once you surface that to then go, oh, yeah, that is the operating system. That's what's running yeah. the story behind. You just used a word that I think is transformational in the heart space, which is surfacing. You have to surface it because so much of the headspace mm. is a extrapolation. It, it is not a surfacing of the truth. It wants mm, to dissect. It wants to push things out. It wants to problem solve, but it doesn't want to surface and get clear right. on the one thing when because its capacity is to expand, and so it's a surfacing of the of yeah. the honest and truth, which is sometimes very transformational in the headspace. Mm. Well, and, and our I head like wants that. to categorize things and put it based on what we know already, mm-hmm. and so to be able to challenge that and surface something that we don't have a schema for. Yeah. Ooh, that's very true. Yeah. That's very true because that is the organizing mechanism that head types use is, is compartmentalizing. Certainly yeah. the five does it far more than, say, the six or the seven, but we all do it as head types. It's like, oh, this is happening. So to your point, Jim, yes, it isn't surfaced. It's sort of, I put that over here. I'll put that over here. I'll put that <laughs> over here. So I don't want to deal with you know, with what's really going on. I don't even know sometimes, and I certainly don't want to even go there. Uh, but yeah, the heart is definitely driving a lot of that sort of, you mm. know. Yeah. Sometimes I like to, and we've we've done an episode on this, but that's the, that's where the, the head gets caught in spin is because of what's happening at the heart center. You know, <laughs> oftentimes unresolved stuff happening there. Yeah. But learning, learning does take in, we often say at the Art of Growth that information is not transformation. But information is a starting point. Mm-hmm. So I think a transformational habit, you know, it is a starting point towards transformation. When you can learn a new tool, you learn something like whether you're learning, oh, my body needs salt mm-hmm. or that music helps me get in touch with my that's – a, that's a piece of information that's starting. But then it, it has to take form in other ways. And so there is the taking in of the information and then assigning that information to the other components or the other centers, sometimes yeah. assigning it to the body, assigning it to the heart. But it is a transformational habit to take in like, oh, this this book I'm reading or this podcast I heard is super helpful. But the problem is, and this is what I worry about with a lot of people who listen to us or anyone else, did you stop there? Did you turn off the podcast and be like, okay, got it? No, you don't. You don't got it. Yeah. Um, until it runs through the other centers, it isn't transformative. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is potential for transformation, but we have to run it through all the systems for it to be transformative. To take in that piece of information, the head wants to pull something in to transform us, but then we have to run it through the other centers for it to actually have its full effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really a very, very important point you just said. I don't think there's any single transformational habit that works on its own without (laughs) having the other centers involved. Um, Certainly body does, we talked about body, it does have a a huge impact on how we feel. 
mm-hmm. dispositionally. But to go to the other side of, you know, so we've, t- we've talked a lot about self-care. The other side is your contribution, the light you're putting out into the world. If we are not aware of what's happening in all three centers, we're not putting anything out into the world other than, hey, um, I found out that eating beef, you know, a couple times a week really does give me more energy than just being on a vegetarian diet or a you know vegan diet um, or having a certain amount of sleep does help me. And it makes me less irritable. And that's great. And that has a positive impact. But unless it is... Yes, but what is all of that aiming towards in terms of are you putting something good out into the world Mm. because you're designed for that and you actually want to, you know? And so when you know what that is and you're leaning more into that or you don't know it necessarily, no, but you're starting to at least take some steps towards discovering that, then, yeah, I think think all of that has to to be um, involved. You know, your head, your heart, your body have to be involved in that process. Yeah, we thought this would be a quick one, but there really is so much that we could dive in. And these are just the top tips. You know, this was definitely not an exhaustive list. Right. And I'm fascinated how many of them were in the body space. And I'm trying to make something of that in my mind. Like, have we just neglected our body collectively for a while? You know, I don't know. I'll I'll be thinking about this for a while, but we spent a lot of time in the body space. Yeah, and even physical things that affect the other centers. Because I do think we're born with a body. You know, in the beginning, you were a body. And then those of us who have small kids around, they run around and there's these bodies with just bundles of emotion. And the head doesn't fully form and it's completeness until you're in your 20s. It comes on last and then we over rely on it for everything. And so often it's other transformational habits that help us to allow that unruly boss in the head to be a little bit more integrated. But I think at the heart of top transformational habits, they are going to affect all three centers. They're going to be integrative. And I think when it comes to transformational habits, what you're looking for is what gets you more in line with all three of your centers. What is more integrative for you in this space? And this is what we want is because we can't hand you your best transformational habit. We can point to some. We can give you ideas. We hope that when you hear us, you are sparked on your own journey and discovering because you are the best expert on you and you will create the best transformational habits for yourself. We can help through coaching. We can help through podcast. But ultimately, you are going to discover the things for yourself that are transformative for you. It is just as much a part of the self-expression and self-exploration as anything else. So explore, uh, trial and error, exploration, create theories, test them, and you will find more and more transformational habits for yourself. So thank you for joining us. I would really encourage you this week to lean into thinking about your own transformational habits. What has always helped you move forward? Think of something that has helped you throughout your life but may have fallen out of view and you need to bring it back because you know it's liberating for you. You know it helps connect you to yourself. If you'd like to schedule a coaching session for this month, you can do that at theartofgrowth.org. Make sure you are subscribed to this podcast and 
Sign up for our newsletter at the website so you can know when upcoming classes or groups are happening, as well as getting a helpful tip or thought or story right in the middle of the week. But for now, my friends, may you remember. May you remember the transformational habits, the practices, the rhythms that helped you throughout your life feel more like you. Maybe there is gear in a back closet somewhere that has been forgotten and needs to be remembered so you can reconnect yourself with your body. Maybe there's some pictures of you to reconnect yourself with your heart. Maybe there's some identity work in journals or letters that you need to revisit. Or maybe it's time to look forward and create something new. Find something that is integrative for you. May you tune into your own body, heart, and mind to discover what that is. May you feel alive in that space. Grace and peace, my friends.